want to learn everything about you inside and out. And he's like, really? That's great. Am I going to meet her at a party? And she, she says, no, you're going to meet her in biology. <laughs> there you go. That's my joke. Okay, we good? Okay, I'm not sure what that was all about. But anyway, and this thing's really weird. Whatever. Um, so, uh, so I just had some stuff that's been on my heart for a while, and, and um, Glenn and I were talking at just a staff meeting, and, and I said, you know, kind of what you're talking about is what God's been showing me, and so if you wouldn't mind if I shared, he said, that'd be great. So I'm really just honored to be able to be here and share with you guys. Um, I watched a, uh, a video the other day, actually, at our home group. It's called Furious Love. Anybody ever seen it? Furious Love? A few of you? Okay, it's good. You should watch it. It's part of like a, a like there's three of them now. There was Finger of God. Anybody seen Finger of God? Okay, the same people. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then there's Furious Love. And then the next one that's coming out right now, I think it's actually playing in theaters somewhere. It's called The Father of Lights. And it's what it is. is they're all, all of them are documentaries on the move of God that's happening right now in the world. And it's really cool. It's really cool to see all the stuff that's going on. This, not only just right here in our own backyard, but, you know, all across the world, all this uh, stuff that God is doing. Well, um, and I, as I watched it, I found it, I found it pretty challenging. And what I mean by that is, like, I thought, okay, I have some faith, too, but I'm watching this something, and that's a lot of faith that they have. They, they go in, like, to the darkest places on earth where there's just evil is just rampant and there's just, it's just dark. And they go in with the love of God and just love on people and see miracles happen and see all sorts of really cool stuff take place. Um, and I'm like, man, that's, that just, that takes a lot of faith. And so I was thinking about that. And I was thinking, you know, there's more. There's more out there. There's more faith to have. Like, I have some, but I know there's more. And I thought, man, I see what's going on in the world today, you know, as I'm watching this film and other stuff that I know is just happening throughout the earth, you know, with um, just over in Africa with Irish ministries, with all the orphanages that they've started and all the churches that they've started and all the miracles that are happening, people being raised from the dead and everything else. And I think I know there's more faith and I love what's going on in the world and I want to be part of it. I want in. I want in on it. I want to be part of what's going on, what God's doing right now. And I know that that means I, I need some more faith. Does anybody ever feel that way? Like, yeah, I need more faith, and I want to be part of what God's doing right now. And, uh, and so I've, I've prayed this prayer, and you guys have probably prayed this prayer too. It's uh, out of Mark, and it's, uh, there's a little boy that um, has died, and the guy's asking Jesus to heal him. And, and you know, he says, Can't, you know, can you? And he's like, can I? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he says, I believe you, Lord. Help my unbelief. And so I find myself praying that prayer quite a bit, or even just, you know, Lord, please give me more faith. Anybody ever prayed that? Lord, give me more faith. So, so you guys, who here wants more faith? Good. Awesome. I'm glad to see that. I was thinking like three people would raise their hand or something, and I'd have to call you out. Um, so one thing I've found is that uh, what, what it says in James, faith without works is dead. And I've, I've always thought about that, you know, and, and I know that it's not talking about grace, it's talking about faith. And, and as I put that together with some of the other stuff that Jesus talks about, really what I, what I feel like it's saying is, if you don't do something with your faith, it dies. So faith without works is, is dead. It's not really any good. It's, it's um, useless. And so I, I know it's, like I said, I, I know it's not grace. I know grace is a free gift. It's given to us, and it's awesome, and it's amazing, and it's it's. All we have to do is just receive it. We don't have to do anything to receive God's forgiveness and his grace in our life. That's, I love that. And we, you know, we can't add anything to what Christ did on the cross for us. We can't add works to it or, or um, even just like trying to be good. You know, we can't add that to it to receive grace. We receive grace as a free, free gift. All we do is just hold our hands open and we get it. But faith, as I think about faith, I think, okay, so some people have a little bit of faith, and some people have a lot of faith, and it seems like there's something we can do in between there to actually grow our faith. And if we don't do anything with our faith, then it, it kind of dies. So what I found is your level of faith that you receive is proportional, is dependent on, it's really like exponentially proportional, to what you do with the faith that you've already been given. 
So everybody's given a measure of faith. And what we do with that measure of faith is that's what um, determines the level of faith that we're going to step into. Um, before I move on, check my notes, make sure I'm following the right. All right. Um, so uh, praying that prayer, Lord, I want more faith, it's actually, it's actually kind of a dangerous prayer. And why I say that is because um, when you pray that, really what you're praying for is for an opportunity to use the faith you have which means that you're going to have to walk through some fear. You're going to have to kind of press through some fear into this greater level of faith that you're asking for. Really what you're asking for is for fear to raise its ugly head so you can chop it off when you ask for more faith. So it's kind of, it's kind of a dangerous thing because there's some risk involved. You're like, Lord, I want more faith. And he's like, awesome. I'm glad you want more faith. Now here is basically something you can use the faith I've given you for in order to press through your fear into greater faith. So uh, a few years ago, about actually seven years ago, most of you guys know this, um, Stephanie and I felt very called by God to go to Mexico. It was so clear. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. It was wars into our lives. It was dreams and visions and, like, all the, everything. Like, and we're like, okay, okay, God, we get it. We're supposed to go. We went. It was, it was difficult to, uh, to get everything organized in our lives to go do that for a year. Uh, there was a lot of, there was fear involved. We had to actually, both of us, had to press through some fear. And we had to just obey God in it. We knew that if we didn't do that, that we were really, like, we were in direct disobedience to the creator of the universe, you know, the guy who, like, breathes out stars. We didn't think that was probably a very good idea. So we obeyed. Um, and we went. And we had the most amazing year of our life. We learned so much and we grew closer to God in that and closer to each other than really we've ever been in our lives. And out of that, it launched us into like an entirely new season of faith. It really did. Like, I've just the last seven years have been so awesome and good. Just adventure in God. And, you know, there's Colton and there's all this other stuff that happens in our life. Just, and I know all that comes out of just that step of obedience that we took in faith. Um, so, really what I'm saying is, every, every step of faith that we take in obedience actually draws us closer to God. Not necessarily, we can't really get closer to God because he lives inside of us, and you really can't get any closer than that. He dwells inside of us. But, when I'm talking about being closer, it's like being closer to a person that you know if you spend time with them and you talk to them and you learn their heart, you draw closer to that person. You become closer to them, more intimate with them as you learn about them and understand them, as you draw closer to them. So that's what I'm talking about, being closer to God. And as we do that, as we draw closer to God, our faith grows because faith is from God. And the closer we get to God, it's just like he just like keeps pouring more faith into us. So let me, give you, let me just give you like an, an illustration here. So let's say, say God's over there and, uh, and you're over here. Okay, and I'm, this is not a judgment. This is just an illustration. Okay, so let's say over here we start out with, with this much faith. And this is even before we've said yes to Christ. I, this is what I personally believe. I don't know that each person is given a, a measure of faith and that first measure of faith is used to say yes to God or no but you've got this measure of faith, okay? And you, you say, you know what? I do. I want to give my life to God. I want to follow Christ. And when you do that, you've actually faced some fears because you're giving up control of your own life. You're giving it over to God. And when you do that, boom, you've you just stepped into new faith. And all of a sudden, you have this, this new faith you've never felt before. It's awesome. It feels really cool. But pretty soon, you realize, you know what? I need more faith. And so you pray, Lord, I, I need more faith. There's this trial in my life, and I don't know what to do about it. I need faith to get through this. And he says, okay, use that amount of faith that I've given you and press through that fear into greater faith. And all of a sudden you have more faith because you went, you obeyed and you pressed through that fear into greater faith. And you're like, wow, that's, that feels good. I got more faith. Lord, I want more faith. He says, okay, here's something else for you to do. I want you to pray for this person. I want you to speak a word into their life. And you're like, well, that's scary. You're bringing other people into this, God. And he's like, 
Well, use the faith I've given you. So you use this amount of faith, and you press through that fear into greater faith. And with every time you do that, every step you take in obedience, and every time you press through that fear, you're taking a step toward God. You're taking a step toward, toward God with every step of faith and obedience. So that's what I'm talking about, drawing closer to God. Um, you're really, you're, I mean, you're stepping through fear into faith. And as you do that, you actually begin to know God more because you're drawing closer to him. You're understanding his heart more. You're beginning to trust him more. And as you trust him more, your faith grows even more. And you begin to realize that God really is good. He's even better than I thought he was. And he's better than that. And he's better than that. And he's better than that. And you start learning the heart of God. And you start learning the heart of God, not just for yourself, but for the people around you. And you start to reflect his glory as you draw closer to him and as you just contemplate his goodness and his holiness. You begin to reflect the glory of God. That's what it says, that's what it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, that you reflect his glory as you just contemplate and behold him and draw closer to him. You begin to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. And then you begin to change the world around you because you're reflecting the glory of God. And the world is waiting in eager expectation for the sons and gods to be revealed, sons and daughters of God to be revealed, so that it might be set free from its bondage to sin and decay. So you affect the world around you simply by obeying God and taking steps of faith toward him and learning his heart. And a really interesting thing about this is uh, that Jesus is... He's not just looking for, for robots to obey him. He's looking for friends. He says, I don't, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you my friends. Because servants, they don't really know what's going on. They just do as they're told. But friends, friends, I get to share my life with and share my heart with. So that's really what he's looking for. He talks about that in, in John, John 15, 15. That he's looking for friends to know his heart and his heart for other people. So, um, more faith always costs you the amount of faith that you've already been given. So that's the main point I want to get across there. And it always involves a risk. There's not a risk. It's really not faith. Faith always involves a risk. So I have a, a little saying for you. You can, like, you can write it down if you want to. If you want an active faith, it requires an act of faith. An act of faith requires an act of faith. So there you go. I'll move on. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. I've got, okay. I've got here, I've got a cough drop. Because I always have a cough drop. And I want to trade it to somebody for something bigger and better. Somebody got something bigger and better than a cough drop? It could be a quarter. It could be a baby Ruth. A baby Ruth. Well, wait. Yeah, I've got another one. I got a baby Ruth. Who wants to trade me something for baby Ruth? Got a, you know, like a 20? A 20? A dollar. Okay, I'll take a dollar. Oh, what's this? Oh. Oh, awesome. I'm not sure I want to trade those. I'm going to eat one first. Tasty, fresh cherries picked off a tree. Really? Hmm. Oh, good. Who wants to trade me cherries? Something bigger and better. Bag of cherries. They're good. No, not smaller and worse. No, no. A full one, maybe. A, a, a baby. Okay. That's pretty. That's bigger and better. Uh, well, I'll set these. Nobody wants to trade me. Okay, whatever. I've got a cherry pit in my mouth. Yeah, give me a hand. <laughs> there we go. Thanks. Okay. Bigger and better. You guys ever played that before? You guys ever, like, done, like, it's like a youth group thing. We're, we're, I'm planning on actually maybe doing it, trying to do a fundraiser. You go around and you trade something for something bigger and better until you end up with something really cool. A guy took a paperclip, a red paperclip, and it took him, like, eight years, but he traded it up to a house. Seriously. He kept trading and trading and trading and trading. You can look it up online, the red paperclip. He traded it up till he had a house. Well, faith is kind of like that. You take the amount of faith that you have, 
and you use it to gain more faith, bigger and better. Okay, so if you don't believe me, well, instead of a youth group game, we'll take it from the Bible. Okay, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, I'll praise for you. It's a parable of, um, they call it the parable of the talents or the parable of the bags of gold. So there's these three guys, and there's this rich guy. And this rich guy gives these three guys some gold to take care of for him. It's, it's his gold still, but he's lending it to them. He said, hey, I want you to take care of this gold for me. Take care of this money. And they're like, oh, okay. So the first two guys, they're like, let's invest it. So they, they invested, and they doubled their money. Yeah. And, uh, and the master's like, hey, good job. Thanks for doing that. In fact, now that because you, I can trust you with a little bit of stuff, which, by the way, this was like, like 10 years wages or something. It's like, it's a little bit of stuff, whatever. So because I can trust you with that, I'm going to give you, like, cities. I'm going to give you 10 cities. And they're like, oh, cool. Well, the third guy, he didn't really know the master very well. And he didn't trust him. And he was a little bit afraid of him. And he actually even says, you know, I'm pretty sure he was uh, maybe a little bit dishonest and um, really just not a very nice guy. And so he was scared. He was afraid. And so he took his gold that he was given to take care of, and he put it in a coffee can and stuck it in the backyard where nobody could get it. And so the master comes back. He's like, all right, so what would you, uh, you do with the money that I gave you to take care of? He's like, oh, well, I knew that you're, you know, you're a hard man. You know, you're kind of a hard nose. And uh, so I didn't want to like, you know, do anything wrong, so I, I hid it. I hid it to make sure it was safe. And he's like, really? I gave you like a year's wages, and you just went and stu- stuck it in the backyard. You could have put it in the bank made some interest or something. And he's like, and you did that because you don't trust me? Because you think, you think I take things that aren't mine? That's what it says. He says, you reap what you haven't sown. And he's like, you think I reap what I don't sow? You, you think that, that I'm like that? He's like, I don't even want anything to do with you then. You can go away. And the money that you, that you were supposed to be taking care of, I'm going to give it to the other guy that, that did something with it. And when I think about it, like, you know, if it was actually like money, then I'm like, man, that's kind of harsh, you know? Because like, it says, then he says, um, those who have will be given more to abundance, and those who don't have even what they have are gonna be, is going to be taken from them. I'm like, really? I, th- I thought Jesus was all about helping the poor people, you know? And what's this, what's this about? Well, if you look at it through the eyes of faith and, you, and understand that it's faith, then those who have and use their faith will be given more to abundance. But those who don't use what they have, even what they have is going to go away. It's going to die faith without works is dead. Thank you. So, really, the kind of, the, I could say, I, if I wrote the Bible, it'd be really short. I'd take that whole passage, and I'd just write, use it or lose it. So, that's, that's the message that I got from that. Um, right, where am I? <laughs> okay. God, our God loves growing things. He loves both things that are growing, and he likes to grow things. That's why he starts us out as little kids and watches us grow. He likes it. It's fun. He likes to see trees grow. He's a God of, of growth, and he likes things to grow, and he wants us to grow, and he wants us to grow in our faith, and our goal should be to grow in our faith. I mean, even the universe is it's expanding. They say it's just continually expanding because our God is a God of increase. So he wants us to grow in knowledge. He wants us to grow in understanding, and he wants us to grow in love, and he wants us to grow in faith. So if he wants us to grow, you know, like when I look at my, my son, you know, I want him to grow. I want him to grow up. Now, I can't make him grow myself. Like, I can't do anything. But I can feed him, and I do try to. Sometimes he doesn't eat what we give him, but whatever. We feed him. We do. Um, so when it comes to our faith, we can't really make it grow. That's God's job. But we can feed it, and we can do things that allow it to grow, or we can stunt it and we can stop feeding it, and then it'll die, okay? So, um, <laughs> I've got, I, I love oats. Like, I actually, like, I crave them sometimes. I know my dad likes oats, too, oatmeal. And uh, I, I, like, I think something this good, like, that I crave, it's got to be bad for me, but it's not. It's actually really good for you. Oats are great for you. Lots of fiber, good carbohydrates, so I, I love oats, so this could be something that I got from God, or it could just be my affinity for oats, um, because I believe we should feed our faith good oats. 
What? <laughs> we should feed our faith good oats. And that looks like a pretty good bowl of oats right there. So uh, it's actually an acronym. Well, kind of an acronym. Good, good isn't an acronym. It's just a word. The oats is the acronym. The good part, the good is God. Okay, so God is good. And uh, that is actually a huge key to, to everything, the fact that God is good. To the point that you trust God and trust his goodness, that's the point to which your faith will grow. If you don't trust in God's goodness, then you're not going to submit and obey and do the things he's asked you to do. You're going to think, you know what, I can do it better on my own. Because he gives us that choice. It's like, you can follow me or you can do it your own way. And if we don't trust him, we don't trust in his goodness, that all things work together for the good of those who love him, if we don't really believe that, then we're just going to do it our own way. And we're not going to grow in faith. So the point to which you trust in God's goodness is, is paramount to your faith. So you've got to get to know him. You really have to get to know him, because as you get to know him, and as you learn his heart, he's good. And you're like, oh, he is good. And I didn't know he was that good. And he's better than that, and he's better than that, and he's better than that. I like saying that. Um, so you get to know him, by really, by, you do, like you do anybody else, you spend time with him. And you spend time in worship. You spend time in prayer. You spend time in the word. And you learn his heart. And you just say, Lord, I want to know you more. And you make that a priority in your life to know God more, to know his heart more. So the third, the third guy in that story that we read, or that I paraphrased, um, he really didn't know the master very well. And like I said, fear, fear of this master who's in Jesus's parable is God caused him to hold on to that which he was supposed to invest into the kingdom that fear is what made him hold on to that okay fear is is kind of like it's kind of like the opposite of faith but it's like the opposite side of the same coin it's kind of like, it's kind of like twisted faith because fear, what you fear controls you. But instead, you should be giving all control over to God. That's why it says fear the Lord. It's the only thing you should fear is fear the Lord. But fear and faith are very, are kind of interesting, interesting things because they're kind of similar. But really what fear is, fear of anything, really, other than having faith in God, like fear that he's not going to take care of you, fear that uh, things are just going to all, you know, things going to turn out right, fear that he's not really good. All those things are faith in a lesser reality than the truth. Does that make sense? It's a twisted faith to have fear. And so this guy had a twisted faith. He thought, you know what, I better just do this thing and, and, and be safe and not use what, what I've been given because I'm afraid. So it's, uh, what I find really interesting, actually, it, the whole fear and faith thing is basically every sin in our life can be boiled down to not trusting in God's goodness and fearing instead. Fearing the future, having anxiety towards everything, just this whole, this whole fear thing is really just not trusting in God. And that leads us into sin because we start to do things our own way. I'll give you an example um, of uh, it, it's it's really it's you're just it's a, a fear of losing control sort of so an example of, of a sin that we all know is a sin is unforgiveness we all understand that's that's a sin to have unforgiveness in our heart well what happens with unforgiveness is that we are afraid that that person that harmed us that hurt us somehow is not going to actually have to pay for what they did that there's not going to be justice, that God is somehow not just, and that we've been wronged, and so we have to bring justice, so we're not going to forgive them. We're going to make them pay. That's unforgiveness. That's sin. It's not trusting in the goodness and the justness of God. But if we do trust that he is good, if we really do trust that God is good, then really nothing else is going to control us, not even our circumstances. Paul, when he was in prison after being beaten and stripped and 
hung on a wall. He's up there, and he had faith, not that even that his circumstances would change. He wasn't even asking for that. He just knew that God was good. And he started praising God for his goodness, praising and praying and saying, thank you, Lord. In the midst of circumstances worse than I'm sure anybody here has ever been in. I don't know that for sure, but I'm guessing nobody's been chained to a dungeon wall and left there to die. Um, so, so even our circumstances don't have control over us when we truly believe that God is good. We really believe in his goodness. What I also find interesting about this is, is he, God asks us to do certain things that draw us into his goodness. And <laughs> we've actually taken those things and, and labeled them as like duties or, or disciplines. Just discipline is okay, but it's kind of got somewhat of a negative connotation to it. But these things that, that are actually what they are is invitations to know his heart. When he says worship, that worship is actually getting closer to God, opening yourself up to God, being in his presence so that you draw closer to his heart and understand his goodness. He says you should pray because praying puts us in a position where we are before God and, and thanking him for things, asking him for things, really being in his presence. It's an invitation to intimacy, reading the word, reading the Bible. It's an invitation into knowing his heart more, an invitation into intimacy with him. So all that say, Trust that God is good. Trust that he is good, and he's even better than you think he is. He's better than that, he's better than that, he's better than that. Okay? And when you do that, just that, just that one thing will totally increase your faith. When you're like, okay, God, you're good, and I'm just going to trust in your goodness no matter what happens in my life. That right there is faith. Some people think faith is that if you, you know, to pray for something and you're like certain that that actually thing that you prayed for is exactly going to happen like you want, that's not really faith. That's just really hopeful, wishful thinking. Faith is trusting that God is good no matter what happens. And sometimes it does happen like you thought it would. Most of the time not, because God's not like us. But Okay. All right, so now we've covered God is good. Now it's the oats. Time for oats. I love oats. So the first is O. So I'm just, I just want to give you something to kind of like just remember all this stuff by. So, so it's a little my oats. First one is obedience. We just, we just do what he asks. That's obedience. And the Lord says, you should do this. You know, okay, I'll do that. And you do it. And you take, that's taking a step of faith. That's, remember, that's pressing through fear into more faith, just through obedience. And there's all sorts of little things he asks us to do. And, uh, and sometimes we do them and sometimes we don't. And when we do them, we find that, wow, that actually was really good. And sometimes it's, it's great big things, and sometimes it's little things. I know not everybody can pack up their bags and go live in Mexico for a year. I get that. I understand that. I know that not everybody can start an awesome band and travel around the world and sing about the glory of God. Nope, not everybody should do that. Um, some people can. But God does give us things that everybody can do. There's certain things he asks us to do that applies across the board to everybody. And he actually gives us really simple ones to begin with. Really simple stuff. So, um, you might be thinking, okay, I, I don't really know, you know, how do I obey him if I don't really know what he's asking? Well, you start with what you do know, which there's a lot of stuff in the Bible. You can read it <laughs> and learn what he as is asking of you. Um, what, I've, what I've come to realize in my life is, uh, that he wants us to get it. God really wants us to get this. He wants us to get the kingdom principles of sowing and reaping, and he wants us to get this obedience and faith thing, and he, he wants to give us just an easy one. He really wants to just give us an easy one. So he does. He, gives, he sets us up. He gives us an easy one. And uh, this is something that everybody can do, little kids, teenagers, grown people all the way up, um, whatever that means. He gives us, everybody can do this. Anybody have an idea what it might be? Pray. Okay, pray is good. Yeah. Love. Yes. Everybody can love. Um, both of those are good. The one I was thinking about, actually, is giving. And even a little kid, my son Colton, he's two, he knows how to give. I love it. He knows how to just to give. He's got something. Somebody else wants to 
to play with it or whatever, he's like, here. And he gives it. He gives us stuff all the time. It's really cool. Giving is, is a very simple, easy act to do. And God says, if you really trust that I'm good, and you trust I'm going to take care of you, take a little bit of what I've blessed you with and bless somebody else with that. Because God likes to show love to people through people. So he says, I'm giving you this, everything that I've given you. You guys understand that we are so blessed. We are so blessed here. Right here, right here in this town, we are so blessed. It's crazy, crazy blessings in our lives. Because I haven't been to a lot of places, but I've been to enough to know that we're very blessed. And so we always, there's always something that we can give. We all have, most of us, well, most of us have an income. If we don't have an income, we probably have some time. If we don't have either one of those, we're probably a full-time mom. Um, <laughs> but we all, have, we all have blessings in our life. We all have stuff that God has given us. And he says, I want you to take a little bit of that, and I want you to give it. And you're like, okay, well, you know, uh, that's cool. How much should I give, and who should I give it to? Well, he makes that one easy, too. That's the easy one, really. And he says, well, first, I'm going to give you a real easy number, okay? 10%. Everybody can figure out 10%. I made $283 this week. Well, that was hard. So he wants to make it easy. Easy math, 10%. And he says, bring it into the storehouse. Bring it into the place of worship where you worship, your local church. And then it will be sown into the kingdom through your local church. Now, there's other ways to give, too. And Stephanie and I actually give to a number of different things. One of the things we actually give to is this lady down in Mexico. Her name's Lupita. And she she didn't ask for money or anything. She just is awesome. And she, like, goes out and plants churches just because she knows she, that's the and she loves God, and she loves people. And we just have watched her over the last five years just do all this amazing work as she walks from village to village teaching the word. And we said, you know what, Lupita? You're a missionary, and we want to support you. We want to actually fund you in this so that we can sow into what you're doing because what you're doing is awesome. So there's all sorts of things you can sow into, all sorts of things that you can give to. Um, but but God says one of the things to do is to, is to sow into your local community through your local church, wherever you call your place of worship. And that's called a tithe. And it's real easy. It's 10%. And it's really totally up to you how that works. And, and if you, to be quite honest, if, you're un, if you don't believe in what your church is doing, what you call your home church, and you're not willing to do that, then you should go to a different church. Find one you do believe in that's doing the things that you want to be doing. You sing, I love this church. I love that, that we uh, give to the community, that we have the king's kindness that we give the coins for cans to. And, and I know some of our other tithe and stuff goes to that. I, I know um, that what we do with the youth ministry, because, well, I'm a youth pastor, and I love what we do there. And, and I know that it's, it's good, and it's good soil, and it's good, um, good to sow into that. And so I love what we do here. And I love all you guys who give into that as well. I love that we're a giving church. It's good. But if you, you know, if whatever church you're at, whether it's this one or another one, if you don't really believe in what they're doing, go somewhere that actually you do and sow into that and get the blessing from that because there's huge blessing that comes from that. Um, this, so I've had actually, I've, I've shared that with a friend of mine and, and he said, you know, does God really need my money? Does God really need our money? No. If he wants something, he can go get it out of a fish's mouth. I mean, you know, he owns the universe. So he doesn't, you know, he doesn't need our money. So why would he ask us to do that? Why would he make that something in there that, you know, this is what you should do? I really think it's because he wanted to give us an easy one. And he wanted to give us a, um, just teach us the basics of trusting him. Because money is such a, a touchy topic because it's what, we, it's what we, like, put our whole lives into so that we can earn some money. And so money is, like, is representative of our, like, of us, of our essence, of what we do. And somebody starts talking about your money, you're like, whoa, hey, back off. You know, it's, so I think that's why God does it. I think that's part of it. He's like, okay, well, put your money where your mouth is. And so I think it's just a, to teach us the basics of faith. It's, a, it's, just a, it's like an easy starting point if you're like, I don't really know how to obey God. There's an easy starting point. It teaches us kingdom principles. It teaches us the, the 
concept of, of sowing and reaping. And every time we sow into the kingdom, God says, you will reap a much greater harvest than what you've sown in. And this is just an easy way. It's a concrete way. It's a way that actually makes sense in our brain. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Concrete thing to do in order to learn those kingdom principles. So that's why I believe he's done it. It's just a a down-to-earth way to exercise our faith. And it's a way to bless others when we're blessed. So, uh, like I said, how much, you know, how much do you do? It's totally up to you. How, how much do you give? Who do you give to? Seriously, it's totally up to you. There's, not, there's no, like, you know, religion attached to that. You're like, oh, if I'm not giving 10% to this specific organization, then I'm a sinner. No. Whatever God's put on your heart, follow that. If it's more than 10%, follow that. For, for a while in my life, God really put it on my heart that it was, it was more than 10%. And the 10% was supposed to come to my local church, and 10% was supposed to go elsewhere. And I'll tell you, it was hard. And I felt like he lifted that, <laughs> um, that off of me, but there was reward in it. It was good. Um, give with a cheerful heart. When you're, giving, when you're giving out of obedience, don't just make it out of obedience. Don't just make it out of duty. Make it out of a cheerful heart. And if you don't have a cheerful heart in it, don't not give. Ask God to change your heart. And he will. And do that with anything. Anything that you're doing, you know, in, in the realm of, of religion, do it with a cheerful heart. And if you're not doing it with a cheerful heart, ask God to change your heart in it. Otherwise, you're going to fall into dead religion, and it's, and it's just not pretty. Um, so, tithing, okay, first of all, one thing I just want to clear up. I'm not saying that if you, if, you, if you tithe and if you give, you know, to this organization or whatever, that you're going to, like, get rich. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying somebody's going to give you a Mercedes. I'm not saying money's just going to show up in your bank account or checks are going to come in the mail. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. I've actually known all those things to happen to different people. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is that tithing and giving are a super easy, God-given opportunity to practice faith that anyone can do. Anyone can do it. And you will be blessed. He promises. In fact, it's the one place where he says, test me in this. Test God in it. He says, you will be blessed in some way. You will be blessed. So anyway, um, trust that God is good. We summarize it up. And show your trust through obedience. And that obedience can come in all sorts of ways. He's going to ask you maybe to do all sorts of things. And start with the things that you know that you're supposed to do. And do those things with a cheerful heart and obedience. Your faith is going to grow. Okay. Can somebody get me a water? I'm like, I had one sitting somewhere. Anyway. Um, the next one. A, oats. Okay, how am I doing on time? Oh boy, I'm going to be quick. The next three are quick. All right, acknowledge his presence. Thanks, Shane. I'm just going to stop right here in a second. Um, wait, let's pray. And just, uh, just agree with this prayer or, or pray it in your own words or whatever. Lord God, we acknowledge your presence in this place. And we thank you for being here among us, God. God, thank you for creating a place in me so perfect and holy that you would dwell there. Thank you for dwelling in me, Lord. God, I acknowledge your presence in this place. I thank you for it, God. I love you, Lord. Speak to our hearts, God. thank you that uh, every breath I take I'm breathing in your very presence if you have a friend that's a friend that you you never really 
say hi to, never really talk to, never really spend any time with purposefully. Really much of a friend. I mean, are you really a friend to that person? When you acknowledge someone's presence, you enter into their presence. Jesse, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you led worship. I love you, man. Yeah. I just acknowledge his presence. He's been sitting there the whole time, and i kind of been looking over him like this. But I just acknowledge his presence. I knew he was here. It's like, you know, God is everywhere. It's like, yeah, in your brain. Yeah, God is everywhere. But when you actually stop and acknowledge someone, acknowledge their presence here, it brings you into their presence. You're all of a sudden connected to them. Do that with God. It's really important. Do that in all the things that you do related to God. And do that in all the things that you do that don't even seem related to God. When you're just driving, doing your homework, you know, um, doing the dishes, whatever. Acknowledge the presence of the Lord in those moments. And definitely, definitely acknowledge the presence of God when you are doing something like in worship. Always do that. It will revolutionize your worship, just acknowledging his presence as you're starting to worship and as you go throughout worship, as you pray and as you read the word. Acknowledge his presence. And don't do those things without acknowledging his presence because you will fall into dead religion. You will fall into just repetition and it'll start to just kind of feel boring. But when you acknowledge his presence in it, it's not boring at all. It's pretty exciting. So do that. Acknowledge his presence. It's so important. Okay, next. In Oats. Oh, yeah. One little more, one more little note. So God's glory covers the earth right now. It says that in Psalms and it says in Isaiah and a couple different places. God's glory covers the earth right now. It's all over. Like the waters cover the sea. Now, in Hosea, it says the knowledge of the glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the glory. And as the children of God acknowledge the presence of God, they reflect his glory to the world, and the world is changed. Okay, T. Take a risk. Um, no, no risk, no reward, right? If it's not a risk, it's probably not really faith. That's why, that's why John Wimber used to say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. He got that. Faith is a risk. It's, it's always going to take a risk. Take a risk. When you feel like God is leading you to speak a blessing over someone, don't withhold that blessing. Even if you feel like, ah, this is kind of weird or whatever, take the risk. I guarantee you, you speak a blessing over someone, they're not going to be like, whatever. And if they are, then whatever. But take that risk, okay? Take a risk to, to give somebody that encouraging word. Or even, even a word that you feel like is from God that you're not even sure what this even means, you know? Take that risk. Do that. It's, it will sow faith into their life and into your life. And there will be a harvest from it. It says his words won't return empty. So if you feel like it's, you know, a word from, from God out of, you know, out of the Bible or even just something that you know is for someone, speak those words. And if they're from God, they won't return empty. There's going to be power in those things. Um, speak the words. Take that risk. And take the risk of being wrong. So what if you're wrong? Really. People are, st there's still, the seeds are still going to be sown into that person's life because you took that risk in the name of Christ. Okay? So, so pray for people. Ask them, can I pray for you right now? I'm going to pray for you right now. That's a risk. That's risky. It's kind of it's weird sometimes. But you know what? More times than not, they're like, you know what? I really need prayer. I need some, I need, can you pray for this? And boom, you know, awesome things happen. And you know what? Even if awesome things don't happen and there's not sparks and all that sort of good stuff, you've sown love into that person's life. You've sown the kingdom, sown into the kingdom in that moment. Uh, last weekend, we did this thing called Pressing In, and it's a youth event. It's a youth-organized and led 24-hour uh, worship, fasting, and service project. Now, I organized like the first two, and we've had five now, and the last three have been organized by the youth and totally led by them, and I love it. I love that they're doing that. It's so cool to me. Um, so we had, I don't know, we had like 20 people here. It was fun. And some of the people for, this, for the service projects, what they did is they went out into the community and they prayed for people. They just said, hey, can I pray for you? And one of the people they prayed for was this woman uh, who obviously was having a hard time even walking. She was trying to stand up and, and, and they came over and they helped her up. And they said, you know, are you okay? 
And she's like, ah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And they said, well, can we pray for you? And she stopped. And she looked at him. And she said, you would do that for me? And she felt loved. Now, whether or not, whatever they prayed, you know, I don't know what they prayed. I don't know what happened after that. But she felt loved. She was acknowledged as a human being. And she felt the love of God through that. And that, uh, that grew her faith that people actually care. And those kids, they were like on fire about it. They were like, this is awesome. We prayed for this lady. And she like, she like started crying and stuff. So, so into the kingdom. It's going to be good. Take that risk. And go all in. Um, don't be afraid to lose it all. Jesus, Jesus made that pretty clear. Those first two guys in the parable, they, uh, they didn't just take a little bit of the money. They, so, they, took it, they, they went all in. Like 10 years wages, I'm all in. They went all in. They sowed it all into the kingdom. Jesus says, uh, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it won't produce fruit. Basically, don't be afraid to lose your life. And then he says that very thing. If you try to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you're going to find it. So go all in. It's good. Um, God will bring forth fruit from it. One, one thing that just about speaking words to people, no, no, speak words of truth over yourself. Know who you are in the kingdom. Know that you, if you've accepted Christ, you are a son or a daughter of the king. Okay? You're royalty. You're royalty. And your words carry weight. The prince and, prince, prince and princess of a kingdom, their words carry weight. They say something, stuff happens. You guys are the princes and the princesses of the kingdom. You guys are royalty, and your words carry weight. So speak your words and know that they're carrying weight because both negative and positive words are going to carry weight because of who you are, and just know that. Okay, that was, that was for free. That was just an extra. Um, so the, the really cool thing is that we have the easy part. All we got to do is give it to God, and then he does the rest. He does the growing. You just you sow it and let God grow it. You can write that one down too. Um, it's really, it's, it's pretty easy. We just, he does it all pretty much. But we have to reject fear, and we have to take that risk. We really, we have to reject the fear of rejection. Let me say it again. We have to reject the fear of rejection. And that's one of the biggest fears people have. It's like, I'm going to be rejected. Well, who, who really cares if you are rejected? Because you're accepted by the king. So don't fear, the, don't fear rejection. And don't fear looking stupid. Because again, you're, you're accepted by the king. Um, and don't fear losing yourself in it all. It's okay. God says, go ahead, lose yourself, because then you're going to find true life. And then finally, don't fear God not coming through. Okay? He's true to his word. Don't fear that he's not good. Don't let that fear come up. But know that fear, this is kind of redundant, don't fear, here's what I mean by that. Anytime you feel that fear rise up, you're like, I need to speak to this person, but I feel fear. Know that that means that you now have an opportunity to exercise faith and grow in faith. Every time you feel that fear, you're like, oh, it's an opportunity. You don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to be afraid of fear. You can step right through it and exercise your faith. So, so take that risk. Step out in faith. All right, finally. Almost done. See others through his eyes, okay? So that's Akiana. You guys know who that is? That, that was painted by an eight-year-old named Akiana. Crazy. She's amazing. Anyway, see others through his eyes. And his eyes are eyes of love and compassion. And everything you do in faith should be done through love. Because in Galatians it says, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. So if you're expressing your faith through anything but love, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> if you're expressing your faith through hate, you're doing it wrong. Express your faith through love. It's the only thing that really matters. And you need to ask God to be able to see people through his eyes. Because when you see people through his eyes, you are going to see them through the eyes of love. And you are going to love them into the kingdom. When Jesus, um, when Jesus was doing, you know, what he was doing on earth, and all the miracles and stuff. He, he never did anything out of pride. Trying to, he, wasn't trying to, he wasn't trying to, like, build his ministry. 
really. In fact, he was like turning people away, you know. Um, he didn't do anything out of, out of selfish ambition. No, he, he did everything out of compassion. And he looked at people, and he saw their hurt, and he saw their suffering, he saw their situation, and then he spoke healing into that because he loved them. And he saw, he only did what he saw the Father doing. And what he, everything the Father does is love because God is love. So do whatever you do in faith through love and see other people like that. And, and as, you, as you draw closer to the heart of God, as you keep taking these steps of faith closer and closer and knowing God more and more, you begin to actually feel his heart for other people. And it, pretty soon it's not even, it's not hard at all. You just love people because you're, you're reflecting that glory of God. And the glory of God is love. And you're just, it's just oozing out of you. And you just keep taking these steps of faith closer and closer and closer into the heart of God. It's pretty good. I like it. It's, I love it. Um, do I have anything more? Let me see. Oh, yeah. Last little note. That's why he gives us the first commandment. And he says the greatest, the, the greatest commandment. And they ask Jesus what the greatest commandment is. And then he tells us, his followers later, if, you, if you're really my disciples, and if you really love me, you'll do what I command. You'll obey me. And what I command is that you love each other. And you love God with everything you've got. And it's a circle. The command is to love, and if you do that, then you love him. So anyway, that's, I believe that's what it all kind of comes down to, is just obeying God and expressing your faith through love. Um, so those are your good oats. Eat them up. God is good. Obedience. Acknowledge his presence. Take a risk. See other people through his eyes. Uh, I'd like to, um, I'd like to just pray. Uh, all of you, basically all of you, when I asked at the beginning, who wants more faith? Like, everybody's, like, raising their hands. So I just like to pray for that. So first, I'd like you guys to stand up if you can, if you're able to. God, we, uh, <laughs> we love you, Lord. And God, I just ask right now that... Uh, our faith is increased. And Lord, I love this, the very fact of coming before you and asking for that as a step of faith, <laughs> and you increase our faith in that. Lord, I ask for opportunities for each of us, opportunities to step through fear into faith, opportunities to see other people through your eyes, opportunities just to, to step out in obedience and step closer to you in faith, God. Lord, I ask that our faith is increased. Even tonight, even today, as we, as we just think about the things that you've shown us and the things that you ask us to do, that our faith just becomes stronger and greater. So Lord, I ask you to please grow our faith. And I know some of you guys here, um, you struggle with, uh, with really kind of trusting in God's goodness. Um, and that's caused some fear. And if you're, if you're willing, if you would raise your hand and some of these people can pray with you, if that's you, if you're just kind of struggling with knowing whether, you know, really trusting in God's goodness, then we would love to pray with you. Um, so if that's anybody, anybody? Okay. Get some prayer later if you want to. Um, I know that sometimes that fear kind of rips hold of us. Um, if, if you are struggling with that, just uh, reject that fear. It's not from God, first of all. Realize that not trusting in him is actually something that needs to be uh, apologized for and repented for, really. Um, and then just commit to trust in him and ask for an encounter with him. Um, some of you, I know, uh, want to go just deeper. You, you, have, you, <laughs> you know you have faith. You want more. That's, uh, that's how I usually feel. Uh, and you just want to go just deeper. You just want to go deeper into faith, deeper into his heart, deeper into glory. And if, and if that's you, um, then, uh, then please raise your hand. If any of you just want to go deeper. Anybody? Good. The people around those people, pray for them. And then people who are asking for that, pray for the people who are praying for you to receive more. So go ahead and gather around. Anybody, raise your hand if you, if you just want to go deeper. Just want to go deeper in faith. You just want more. 
some people just around those different people that are raising, have raised their hand. And just, let's just pray. Let's just ask God for more. Let's ask God for more opportunities to, to reflect his glory, more opportunities to just release faith, to just use the faith that we have. Um, and then anybody else, if, you know, if you need to, you can go. Um, go get your kids and, uh, and have an awesome, awesome week and grow in faith. Eat, eat some good oats. Thank you. I'm done. <laughs>